It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. And this week we are piggybacking off of our annulment episode because we heard from you. And Stacy and I love that you took the time to share your thoughts, your opinions, your stories. We loved hearing from you. We thought about it and we thought about what you said. And this week we are going to continue our discussion on marriage, the nuts and bolts of marriage, how to not go nuts and bolt in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go nuts and bolt. <laughs> yeah, and we want to stress that there are no magic bullets. Like that I think that's some of the wisdom we've gained in our 100 years of experience. <laughs> we it is impossible for us to give you magic bullets or even give you a checklist of magic mm-hmm. bullets mm-hmm. that will make your marriage perfect. I'm saying that because I used to think that I used yeah. to think I, I wanted so hard for things to work out that I was just grappling every book I read, every person mm-hmm. I talked to. Here's my checklist. I'm going to do it. And then I do the things and it wouldn't work and I would get so discouraged. Mm-hmm. So we want you to know that that among many other mistakes we have made. <laughs> and we also want to preface this something that we are honestly struggling with as we do these episodes and get real. While if we were talking one on one, we might be willing willing to get really real. Since we're doing a broadcast, we can't tell everything because there are some things we have to keep private. We're still walking through a lot of stuff. Um, We have wonderful, we've been blessed with large families, wonderful marriages, busy lives. We are in the middle of many things ourselves. Um, Some of the things we talk about are way in the past and we can talk about them now, but there are a lot of things still going on. And so we're trying very hard to get real about about the messes and what works and how being Catholic has changed our life. But also there's a limit to how many details we're going to be able to share on some things because we love our people and we don't, any of them could be listening and we don't ever want to disrespect or embarrass any of our, our loved ones. Absolutely. I mean, we're just simply sharing experiences and our stories, but I mean, we want to remember how we started out. Just two girls in a pasture on a turquoise (laughs) couch. Just walking around doing nothing. (laughs) Reading the word, trying to hear God. And, you know, we're not saying we have it all together because, I mean, right now in my house, there's some challenges going on. Like Stacey said, you know, it, it. we're just walking this thing out. And, you know, if we wait for everything to be perfect before we step out, well, we won't be stepping because it's not ever going to be perfect. <laughs> we'll be but, stepping in something in the pasture. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm doing that too. But it's uh, it's not about the challenges that we walk through as much as it is how we walk through the challenges. So as the song goes, I will praise him in the storm. And also storms drive us to our knees, mm-hmm. which is a, a blessing in the midst of, right? Because they, they drive us to our knees. And Stacy, you and I have got to create some Stacy and Stacy knee pads because that's so <laughs> important. <laughs> and you Catholic know what? knee pads. Yes, yeah. The enemy might think he is weakening mm-hmm. us, but he isn't. 
because we're getting stronger because he who mm-hmm. is in us, me, you, he who is in me is stronger than he who is in the world. So I say that because if you're in a storm right now, or if there's some of the things that we say, if it resonates with you, know that on your knees is the safest place to ride (laughs) out a storm. And remember, God's mercy is new every morning. So in this episode called The Nuts and Bolts of How to Not Go Nuts and Bolts in Your Marriage, (laughs) we're not going to cover every single thing. Um, But Stacey and I were talking about what was the one thing, and we both agreed on this, um, something we had done even before we had been reunited. Tool number one here, read the boundaries book. So I'm talking about those books written by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend um, several decades ago. They wrote a whole series, Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with Teens, even if you just read the original Boundaries book, which I I think is the best one. So we're not going to go through the whole book. We're going to talk about what it meant reading that book as a Catholic woman in a sacramental marriage and thinking about what boundaries would have meant to us before. I don't think you can actually have healthy boundaries in a marriage unless this is going to be shocking unless you are in a sacramental marriage with the grace of Christ in your marriage i don't think it would have worked for me and i'd go so far as to say i don't think it would work for anyone um the authors of this book are not catholic they're christian men but i remember reading the book and thinking i think catholic teaching can add something to what they're trying to say here um so our tool number 1 is to to read that book And listen to the rest of our episode as we we talk about what boundaries look like in the context of a sacramental marriage. Stacey, what was your favorite thing that stuck out to you when you read this book? I think the thing that jumped out to me was about gates, because I always thought that a boundary was so permanent. It was something that couldn't be moved. Once you put a boundary in place, that was it. You could never be crossed. The line was drawn (laughs) in the sand. It could never be crossed. It talks about having control over your boundary because it's more like a gate where you can open it and close it as you need to feel protected. Or if you need to set that boundary until a change happens, then you can open that gate, remove that boundary. Um, It just gave me control over it. So it gave me the confidence to actually set a boundary. And Mm -hmm. I think boundaries and marriage so important. It's it's important in every relationship, but we have to feel confident and free to set healthy boundaries. A gate can be mistaken for a wall. It's not about putting up walls. And in our first annulment episode, we were talking about just that. That was one of the things that was wreaking havoc on, on my marriage was establishing this wall to protect myself. By doing that, I wasn't able to actually to become one. I wasn't actually able to be vulnerable and intimate with my husband the way I needed to be with my own heart because mm-hmm. I had a wall up around it. Mm-hmm. And and then, and I, and I thought that was my boundary, but it wasn't a boundary. Mm-hmm. It, it was a wall. Mm-hmm. And there was something that struck me. So I, I'm coming at this from not being religious at all into understanding what it means to have a human soul, have a rational soul, that we are rational souls. Uh, we are body and soul. And the Holy Trinity and understanding relationships. So this is like something that Catholics say all the time. Marriage is meant to be an echo 
of the Holy Trinity. And I think it gets said so much. Some Catholics think that's probably um, Christianese, Catholicese. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but it struck me as something very significant because what I learned studying dogmatic theology kind of blew me away. If the Holy Trinity is three persons and one God, and the language that I had to memorize was God the Father gives all of himself to God the Son except to be the Son. Like they're completely united. And God the Father and God the Son together as one substance, give all of themselves to God, the Holy Spirit, except to be the Holy Spirit. So the three persons in the one divine nature are in this perfect circumincession, a big Catholic word, of life and love. Like they're completely united. Like we don't even have words to describe it completely, but they're completely united, yet they retain their own identity. They retain their own being the Father, being the Son, being the Holy Spirit. And they are those things by nature of the relationship between them. So in in the Holy Trinity is perfect intimacy, perfect communion, perfect love, perfect thinking and willing. And if marriage is to be an echo of this, if if a marriage were just like the Holy Trinity, we wouldn't need any boundaries. We wouldn't need any walls. We wouldn't need any gates. We would be one complete. And in a therapy session one time, I said, the problem with me and my husband is I feel like here's his sphere over here and here's my sphere over here. And we barely overlap. And and that turned out to be because I had walls. The thing that I think you kind of get the impression of if you're reading the Boundaries book is that it's possible to completely overlap perfectly and to perfectly become one. I'm here to tell you, and this is what I mean by sacramental marriage, it's not possible. Like, like we... That, that was significant for me, and, I, and I'll wrap this up because I, I get so excited about it, I could talk forever. It's not possible for two totally to become one in that beautiful, divine, holy trinity kind of way. However, we know that's what we're made to be like. We know that's the goal. We know, I know that I want so badly to be completely united with my husband that anytime there's any little discord between us, it, it hurts. Like mm-hmm. I feel pain right. because of it. When we fight, my whole mm-hmm. world is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And just understanding why it hurts so darn much was huge for me. Just understanding that it that there is going to be suffering because we're not God. There mm-hmm. is going to be suffering. I was able just to accept it because before I understood all that in sacramental marriage, anytime there was suffering or discord, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get a divorce. Now we're going to get a divorce. And then I would start panicking. And then my walls would go up because I didn't want him to see the ugly parts of me. And and then, you know, everything just went haywire after that. When I came to understand there is some discord, it's going to be okay. We have the grace of Christ. We're going to work it out. Yes, it hurts, mm-hmm. but we're going we're mm-hmm. to get through this. That mm-hmm. gave me the confidence that even though it was suffering in relationships, I would keep going. Well, I can totally relate to what you're saying because, I mean, when I first married Pat, of course, you know, everybody brings baggage into a a marriage. (laughs) I brought baggage into into our marriage and I started looking for the hammer to fall. I mean, the first six months of our marriage was a huge adjustment. Well, probably the first year was, was a huge adjustment. I had confidence in Pat. I had confidence in the fact that he was so committed to not only our marriage, but to God and to the church. And knowing that we were in a sacramental marriage gave me confidence. It it gave me a sense of security. We were in a sacramental marriage and he was committed to it. And it gave me a freedom to be me because I was always afraid to be me, afraid that I was, you know, again, putting those walls up. Don't get too close Mm -hmm. to me. I didn't have to try to be who he wanted me to be all the time. He loved Mm -hmm. me. 
And once I realized that, it really was a freedom to set those healthy boundaries. And I was able to with confidence. It's like he gave me the confidence to set boundaries. Yeah. I was able to let him set healthy boundaries because I didn't, I could, he could set the boundaries without me feeling offended or rejected because there was so much grace in our marriage. And I think that's why it's so important that we have those sacramental marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like a three chord strand isn't easily broken. Mm-hmm. I remember Pat always prays over us, bind us together, Lord, and bind us to you. And that is just a visual for me. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how I see us bound together and bound to God. And he says that he says, bind us together, bind us to you. Yeah, that's how that's when we would pray. Pat will say, and Lord, bind us together and bind us to you. Oh, that's beautiful. There's another suggestion. I'm going to tell Jose to do that. (laughs) 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 I want you to read this. And that's true. I mean, obviously, one of the biggest tools that we're not, I don't think we even need to do a special episode on pray pray for your spouses, pray with your spouses. We have a picture of our our husbands praying over us as we Mm -hmm. started this podcast. And that is, that is um, very, very neat. We, that's Jose. very important to pray. It is together. very important. Yes. And, you know, I, there's been a lot of times where I've talked to young couples or young girls that just got married. And to them, it's kind of a foreign thing to pray with their mm-hmm. husband. And I always tell them to start praying the Our Father together because that's an easy way to just start out. Yeah. I want to tell a story. Um, and it only to give people hope. And I couldn't talk about this if I wasn't on the other side of it, able to look back. And one of the reasons I was really so happy to be doing a podcast like this and not always just talking about faith and science, I I felt like there was so much more that needed to be said and talked about. Jose and I, my, my husband and I, we've been married almost 20 years now and been through all the sacraments. You know, we, we are living a faithful Catholic life and raising all of our kids and grandkids that keep on coming and life is abundant. But we actually were separated for nine months at the worst point in our marriage. Um, And I remember how scary it was. I felt like I was following Moses crossing the Red Sea Mm. and and that the walls of the sea had parted. And it was surreal because it was like there was walls of water on either side of me and I'm walking through on dry ground and I don't know how I'm going to get to the other side. Mm. I had to have faith, absolute faith in what seemed absurd. Because Stacy, before being Catholic, was so codependent. Stacy, before being Catholic, felt so insecure that in all my relationships with men or anybody else, I had to control things. I had to know I wasn't going to be abandoned. I had to know I wasn't going to be left. And so I would try to be perfect and I would put up those walls. Well, after about 15 years of marriage, that caught up with me and Jose. He had the same issues, you know, and I'm, I can mostly just talk about myself, but he, he had some walls and pain that had never been dealt with either. We got to a point where we couldn't live in the same house together safely. Too much fighting, too much anger. We couldn't get anywhere. And so we separated and it and it, and we stayed separated for 9 months. And that was when I went back to the boundaries book and I was reading them and I came to understand this is a pretty extreme boundary. But the beauty of that in sacramental marriage, you know, our, our kids, unfortunately, were hurt by some of the pain we had before that and the arguing and the fighting and the walls that went up. It, it affected the way we raised our kids. I knew in that surreal time of my life, this marriage is not 
over. This marriage can't be over. God has bound this marriage. We have the grace of Christ in our marriage. And so I could set aside this enormous fear of the walls closing in on me, of my marriage falling apart, of divorce actually happening. I could set that aside. I didn't have to worry about that. And therefore, I was free to do the work on myself and to let him do the work on himself and to know that as long as it takes, it's going to take for us to be apart so we can work on ourselves. But we're going to be back under one roof again. It's just a matter of how much work it's going to take to get there. And the beauty of that was we were able to tell our kids, mommy and daddy have to do a lot of work right now. Mommy and daddy will always be married. You don't even have to worry about your parents getting a divorce. That's not ever going to happen. It can't happen because our marriage is bound by God. But we do need some time to work on ourselves. And he went and lived with my parents. So he was still very much in the family. And that that was a boundary. Um, like the gate, the boundaries mm-hmm. book says, keep the bad out, let the good in. And so what Jose and I started to do in that very difficult time is... When we came together, we let the good in and we learned Mm -hmm. to keep the bad out and we learned to confront our own insecurities and our own issues. And one of the most powerful things we did was we said, look, we're we're not living together, but we still need to go to mass together every Sunday. And the first time we met back in mass, you know, we put the battle axes down Mm -hmm. and we said, we're going to we are going to go to church together. We came, our whole family's lined up sitting on the pew back in mass. Nobody in church even knows what's going on. Do you want to know what the reading was that day in mass? (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to the annulment episode and I talk about Isaiah 6110, by golly, it was that reading. Oh. And that and that was again God that saying, so good. "I was here with you then. I'm here with you now. I'm yeah. always going to be here with you." And it was just an affirmation. We do have the grace of Christ in our marriage, and we are going to figure this out. If we had never separated, if we had never put down our walls, if we had never learned how to have healthy boundaries, um, we had a lot of crying, a lot of pain, a lot of uh, angst during that time. But we're back together now. We have been for years, um, and, and it's all behind us. Everything changed after that. Everything changed. Now, when whenever we run into difficulties, we've learned to say, that was us then, and those are some old ruts that we're bringing back <laughs> in. But we worked too hard to get here. We're not going to have <sighs> those ruts in our marriage now. And we were able to set them aside, and it really has changed everything. I know I couldn't have done that without the grace of Christ, and I think the Boundaries book helped me understand what was going on there. That's Awesome. That's awesome, Stacey. I love the way God talks to you guys. And literally, I would be putting that scripture on my wall. I would have it printed on something and hang it on the wall. I love that. We did some uh, uh, researching before we did this. We wanted to see what the stats were out there on divorce. And so we we found a few, but please, please keep in mind that it just depends on who prepared the report and, you know, what report you're reading. So, but the media, okay, the media frequently reports that 50% of American marriages will end in divorce. That's a very high number. The Americans for Divorce Reform, they confirm it with 40 to 50%. Mm. Um I will say the Associated Press analyzed divorce statistics from the Census Bureau. They found that Massachusetts has the lo- lowest divorce rate. So woohoo, way to go, Massachusetts. I guess who had the highest? Texas has the highest yeah. rate. And the highest divorce rates are found in the Bible Belt. 
and that's that's embarrassing. We have to have better fruit. We're the better. Bible Belt. We got to have better fruit. There's another report, the Barna report, and it is among Christian faith groups. So it's a based on denominations. So non-denominational, thirty-four percent. Baptist, twenty-nine percent. Catholic, twenty-one percent. So a little better. A little better, but still very high. I mean, holy cow. I, I had no, I mean, you hear statistics like that. And thank you for looking all those up and putting them down. I can totally see why young people look at this and say, why should I even get married? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 50% chance of it not working out. Why should I even get married? Stacy? those statistics are pretty dismal. What really struck you about researching all of that? What were you thinking when you read all of this? Well, for one thing, I mean, I am so thankful that I have a sacramental marriage now. I know the difference. I read all the comments that we had from our last episode that we did on annulment. And I've read some things and did, you know, looked at these reports and stuff. We have to have the graces. We have to have God in this. We have to have the graces to fight for our marriages, the confidence in our marriage and knowing that it is a sacramental marriage. We just, we need those graces. It makes you wonder how many people are walking around out there that that aren't truly married in, in the sacramental sense. Right. And they're walking around fighting and they don't have tools in their tool belt. God gave us a sacramental marriage for a reason. He knew that we were living in this fallen world and we were going to be attacked because the enemy doesn't want our marriages to work. So he gave us the graces that we needed to fight. He gave us tools in our tool belt to fight for our marriages. And I just, it's sad to me, I guess, that people are walking around without tools in the tool belt and they don't even know it. Yeah, they don't even know how much they need that grace of Christ. And it makes me think that maybe that's why a lot of the mar- a lot of our marriages are failing. Mm-hmm. Like that may be why we have such a high divorce rate, because we don't have the tools that we need that God wants us to have in our tool belt. Amen. Okay, let's take a break for our scripture reflection. Okay, we have two scriptures to reflect on today. And as we've been talking about boundaries and how important they are in marriage, but but also in every relationship, one thing we as women and mothers and daughters, friends can do to build better marriages is set healthy boundaries for ourselves. It's like when the stewardess tells you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You have to take care of yourself and sacrificing ourselves for our work, our jobs or our families. It'll just deplete us to the point where we don't have anything to offer our husbands. I promise it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's healthy. It's a must in order to have a better marriage. So I want to show you in scripture how Jesus did the same thing. In Mark 135, it says, In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. So if you're a morning person like me, this might be a great time of day before everybody wakes up to refuel and have some time to pray, read your Bible, journal, work out, Have your cup of coffee, whatever you need to get your day started. Also, in Matthew 14, 23, it says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. So if you're a night owl like my husband, this might be the best time of day to focus on things that you want to do for yourself. I remember someone telling me once that you can only give out of the saucer, not the cup. 
Like think about a, a teacup sitting on a saucer. If the teacup is full and overflows into the saucer, that overflow is what we give out of. That's what we freely give away. But we can't let the teacup get empty. One more quick scripture. In Genesis 12, 2, it says, God is talking to Abram, Abram at the time. He is not Abraham yet. He's Abram. But God says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I love the so that's in scripture. God says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. So today we just encourage you to set those healthy boundaries that will allow you to keep your cup full so that you can be a blessing to those around you. I do have some ideas why there might be a high divorce rate in Texas having grown up here. Because when we were when I was growing up, people didn't get divorces mm -hmm. that much. Like you you didn't really, but something changed while we were growing up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. It became like the cool thing to do. And mm -hmm. I remember being a little girl thinking, well, the only reason people are staying together so long in some of these old marriages is because that's the old fashioned way of doing things. You don't just mm -hmm. get a divorce and move on with things. But the new generation, they're not afraid of it. Some of these these numbers, too, are a little skewed because, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't getting married because they're just living together. Right. But yeah. then it, as far as like the Catholics, I wonder about annulment versus divorce, because if you ask a convert, if they've had a, uh, a divorce, are they counting annulments? Are they, are they counting annulments? Or are they counting divorces? I mean, I don't know. It could, it could kind of skew the numbers a little. No, I think that's a good point because if you, if people ask me and you, are you Catholic? Yes. Have you had a divorce? Um, yes. Yes. I mean, I would but say, yeah, it was way because... before I was Catholic. I do know growing up here in Texas, that one reason I thought that the new way of doing things was just to get a divorce and move on to be happy is because I knew so many people in marriages for long times who hated each other, mm -hmm. you know, and I think and getting back to the grace of Christ and boundaries, I think they put their walls up and they didn't know how to get around it and they didn't know how what to do about it. So they white knuckled it and stayed in the same house and counted their years off, but yeah. they were never to become one. And that, that used to scare me. Like, I do remember thinking I'll get a divorce before I let that happen. Right. And that, that's kind of how I went into adulthood. It's so much better now understanding the joy of marriage, how joyful it can be to be this close to my husband, how much confidence I have knowing we could face our problems headstrong, hand in hand and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And now we're not going to grow old and be bitter, hating each other. We're going right. to grow old right. building something together. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I know that a lot of girls I grew up with back in the day, I remember them saying things like, you know, I'm going to wear white my first no. wedding. I'm going to wear pink my next wedding. I mean, it, they were seriously planning their current wedding, saving things for the second one. So, oh. I mean, I remember that. I, they just didn't have that commitment. It, it was they're going to give it a try. Mm -hmm. And I think really with that attitude, that might even be 
you know, kind of led into why people are just living together because getting a divorce was almost as easy as just breaking up. Um, there was no formality to marriage. Um, you just do it and then you get out whenever it's it's not working and mm-hmm. and you just break that relationship. I mean, it, it all gets back to, I know I, I never really understood what it meant to even have a relationship. This, this thing with Jose, like understanding my marriage, understanding the Holy Trinity, understanding that we're not going to be perfect, that there is going to be suffering, but understanding we have the grace to confront our problems head on and heal our relationships. Once I learned that with Jose, the hardest relationship there is, your marriage, because you're the most united to become one. You don't say that about any other relationship. Once Mm -hmm. I understood that about him, Stacey, I was able to heal my relationships with my kids, with my parents. Mm. Um, You know, I've gone from being like a loner who who put walls all up all around me and didn't let anybody in to actually having a rich life with girlfriends and mommy friends and grandmommy <laughs> friends. And my husband and I laugh together like clowns. Like we have the best time together now. And, and uh, my older kids call me and ask for advice or just ask to talk to me. Like I, that thing, that boundary thing in the context of the Holy Trinity helped me understand so much. And it really has helped me heal all of my relationships. I, I'm so thankful I'm not going to grow old and bitter. Bottom line, marriage is a lot of work. Each marriage comes with its own unique challenges. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we've said before, we have to hit our knees. We have to hit our knees and ask God for our marching orders within our our marriage. But what a blessing to have a grace-filled sacramental marriage that we can go to God and we know that he's in it with us. One last (laughs) little tool for your marriage tool belt. (laughs) If you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like putting on your makeup, Ladies, hide his glasses. Hide his glasses. <laughs> we are laughing about this because that is so true. This is one of the good things about getting older, growing old um, together. <laughs> but you know, if you do it too many times, eventually he's going to be like, "Well, she didn't put her makeup on again today. I can't find my glasses. My glasses are hidden." But it's kind of like you have, like you, you know, he can't see so well as as he used to, and so. It's kind of like you have your own Instagram filter built in <laughs> in your marriage. <laughs> I'm Stacy Farquison. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>